Hi, this is Chris Stewart from Oasis Church in Athens, Ohio. Please reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email at oasisathens at gmail.com. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, we want to continue to serve and minister to the needs of our community. May God bless you today, and we hope you enjoy this message from Oasis Church in Athens, Ohio. So while we're uh, putting instruments away and things like that, you can turn to Exodus chapter 20. This is where we're going to be today. Verses 8 through 11. Well, we're looking at commandment number four today. We're going to backtrack a little bit because we did not we did not do commandment number four. We skipped commandment number four and we went to commandment number five, which was um, on Father's Day last Sunday um, to uh, to honor your father and mother. So, if you did not get a chance to walk with us through that, then it should be available if you. When we're done with this video, you happen to scroll up and or scroll down, I guess, and look at last week's video. You should see it there. Um, also, we put all of these messages onto a podcast. If you look up Oasis Church Athens in your podcast feed or your podcast aggregator or app, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, Spotify or um, Overdrive or or Overcast or Apple Podcasts or any number of podcast apps. Um, You'll find Oasis Church Athens, and these sermons, um, just the sermon portion, not the entire service uh, with the uh, songs, are on those. And so, what we're looking at today is, as I've mentioned a few times, the theme is the Sabbath, this day of rest, um, which is ceasing from our work, um, taking some time off. And what can happen for us when we talk about the Sabbath is that we can easily overlook how absolutely essential this day, this concept was for God's old covenant people, the old, the people of the Old Testament. For a few thousand years, they celebrated the Sabbath in a way that was absolutely, totally devoted. It was the, it was the centerpiece of their week really, the Sabbath day was. Life orbited around it. It, it, it. you know, All of commerce orbited around it. All of their worship orbited around the Sabbath. It was essential and, and central. And, and you and I, I think, the majority of us can easily overlook that unless you've got, maybe, you know, maybe unless you have some Jewish friends or um, you've been to a place that is in large part, you know, Jewish people. Uh, if, if, you know, if you, you, if you, if you have, for example, Jewish friends that still observe the Sabbath in a really devout and strict way, in the way that they would have in the Old Testament days, then what that means is, is, is things like they're not going to use electricity on that day. They're going to make sure that they have candles ready for Sunday because they don't want to, they, they won't turn on the lights, or they'll leave the light, lights on the night before, perhaps. Or they're not going to eat any food that they cooked that day because they prep all their meals the day before because because to cook a meal would be to doing to be doing work, and they wouldn't do any. They just would not do any work. They wouldn't travel any distance. Some of them were so devout that they wouldn't even that maybe they wouldn't even open their refrigerator to get a snack out because when you open the refrigerator, the light would come on. There's something about turning lights on that, 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 you know, that they, they would not do that. And so there was anything like those rules would be considered a violation of the Sabbath, the rules that they would make up. That's what, that's what, that's how devout they were. That's the point I'm making here. And Gentiles like, like me, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I'm a Gentile. I'm not, I, I didn't grow up Jewish. And most of us who are, who are also Gentiles 
are not really committed to much of anything with that degree of devotion. Um, the closest, you know, uh, type of devotion to this sort of thing, um, you know, in, in, in a culture that we live around would be a you know, Mennonite culture or Amish culture, perhaps, but that's an everyday thing. A lot of the, a lot of the, it's a whole different idea or concept, but, um, if, if you, if, I, I remember I, I hearing a story about somebody, a friend of mine who went over to visit Israel, um, one time you took a trip to the Holy Lands or whatever. And he says, really interesting, when you're there over the Sabbath, like if you're there during the Sabbath, which would be Friday night um, until Saturday night. So Friday night to Saturday, sundown to sundown, everything is pretty much shut down. Like, like you can't, you can't get a cab, businesses are closed, pretty much nothing can get done because it's obviously primarily Jewish people during that time of the Sabbath, you just, you, you had to make sure that you just, just planned ahead or you just were not going to do anything that day. Um, you couldn't go to the store that day, things like that. And so I, I know that when we talk about the Sabbath, we don't fully understand or grasp necessarily what this day meant when God established it for his people in the Old Testament. This, and this command also raises a lot of questions for us as New Testament Christians because we are not under Jewish law. And so the question, the obvious question is, should we observe the Sabbath at all? And if we should, what day should we observe it? That's another big question. What day should we observe the Sabbath? How does this apply to us? Like we know it's in the Ten Commandments, and so we should probably, we should probably observe it, but but how do we how do we actually apply it? There are lots of questions that emerge when we think about this fourth commandment. So let's just read it together. Um, it's, it's Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, and uh, I'm going to break it up here a little bit because we're going to go all the way through verse 11. But the first thing it says is remember, right? The word remember here is to just to take something that is from the past so that it would be living today in the present. Jesus said this when he established communion for us. He said, he said do this in remembrance of me. And so it's something that, that occurred, but it occurs all the time. It's constantly occurring because we're remembering it, <clears throat> excuse me, even as the future continues on. It's not just a mental remembrance. It's a celebrating and a modeling of something that has happened before us so that we could, you know, so that we, so that we can have a great future. And that's, that's very similar to what communion is. And so he says, remember the Sabbath day, right? Remember the Sabbath day. This word Sabbath literally means ceasing from work, cessation of work, or it just means rest, I mean, so if you just want to take the simplest definition of Sabbath, it's rest, no work. So your day off, for example, would sort of be the way that you would think about this in in, in our in today's in our vernacular, in our in our in our as we think about it and as we talk about it. So remember your day off, and it says to keep it holy. Holiness is a hugely important concept in the scripture, and it's a hugely important concept for us as Christians because, number one, the most frequently <clears throat> given attribute of God in the Bible is that he is holy. And this means that he is other. He is, he is different from us. Like, for example, we're sinful. He's not. He's completely different in that way. We're created. He's eternal. He, he's always been we have to learn things and God knows everything. So he is in, in all ways different from us. He is holy. And so this concept of holiness is that in six days of the week, we work, right? We do the same things 
for six days. That's the concept. You work, you get up, you go to work, and then on the seventh day, it's intended to be holy. It's intended to be set apart. It's, it's intended to be different. It's, it's different from those other six days. That's really the simplest concept for the Sabbath, the simplest ways, one of the simplest ways to work, to, to, to think about it. So I guess one of the ways that you know that you're violating the Sabbath is if over and over and over, seven days keep looking alike. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if, if that's the case, like you just go through an entire seven days and nothing looks different, nothing feels different, then you might be violating the Sabbath. But if you have six days that look alike, but, you know, but then one day that's different, then you might actually be obeying the, the, the very principles of what the Sabbath is. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. We'll, we'll kind of go, we'll come back to that and, and, uh, and unpack it in some different ways. Um, so it says six days you shall labor, Right. So six days you shall labor and do all of your work. So let's 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 just pause there for a minute. So a lot of people say, okay, the Sabbath then it means rest, and this commandment is about rest. Yes, it is. That that is what Sabbath is. It means resting or not working. But it's also about work, right? Because the Sabbath command helps us. I mean, it, it, it reminds us that there are days in that week also that we should be doing what? working. We should be working. In fact, for six days, really, is what it's saying. I mean, that was, that was the common way of living in their day. I mean, really, in our American culture, um, we have two days off. And, and I will, we'll, I'll talk about how that, that, how that happened here in a minute, too. But, you know, there, the, the whole idea of the Sabbath, you know, I think in, in talking about resting from your work, it really is, it helps, this idea helps to keep us from worshiping two different forms of other idols. Remember the first commandment we talked about, there's one God, and the second commandment, we said we only worship God alone. We don't worship idols. And we established that an idol is anything that we have created that becomes a, a, an object of our worship. And I talked about one of the things that people create as an idol is our work. We worship our job. And we get, you know, we, 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 it's easy for us to make fun of, you know, the pagans who used to have sacrifices to, to these stone things that these all on, on altars, thinking that's what idols are. Um, and they had laid down a, an animal or a person and slaughter it to their gods or whatever. And it's like, wow, how weird they were. But really, you know, our, sometimes our, our idol is called job. That's what it is. And sometimes the sacrifice that we lay down for a job are things like health or marriage or children or family or Sabbath or church or that day off that we're talking about. So sometimes we can have a job be our God and we offer various sacrifices to appease our God of our job. So this principle of the fourth commandment of keeping the Sabbath um, remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy, it, it, it's there to keep us from worshiping our job. And it's also there to keep us from worshiping comfort as well. I mean, because other people, on the other hand of that, the other side of that, there are people out in the world who just worship comfort. They, they try to do as little work as possible. They want to, I mean, they don't necessarily, maybe they don't want to be as unproductive as possible, but they are. They just, they're lazy. They don't, they don't work. Um, or they don't work much. They work, they, they Sabbath way too often. And so, and so there's, there's some structure here that God is giving us to help us to understand the best ways to live in this world that he's created us, created for us. And so in reality, we are actually to be worshiping him 
seven days a week. So this remembering the Sabbath isn't just saying, hey, we're setting aside one day to worship God. No, you're worshiping God through your work in those six days. In fact, as you work and as you commit to that work and as you do a really excellent job at that work, that is your worship. And then there is additional worship as you take a day to say, you know what? We'll sleep in. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, this is going to be a recreational day. I'm not going to do anything that is like my work because it is other. This one day, the Sabbath is other. It is holy. And that's the whole idea of this, of this principle. So let's continue reading. So six days you shall labor and do all of your work, right? You got a lot to do. Take six days to do it, right? But on the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. And on it, you shall not do any work. This is a really good principle. So, so what can we do and not do on the Sabbath? Let's just, I mean, let's just break it down. What can we do and not do? Well, you can't do any work. <laughs> I mean, it, this doesn't, now this doesn't mean you can't have any activity, right? I mean, you know, it, it just means that whatever you do on those other six days, that ceases on the seventh day. You don't do that same thing on the seventh day. You know, and, and just to continue reading, it says, your son and your your son and your, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. So even people from other you know, religions, your employees, your co-workers, visitors from other nations, everybody gets this blessing of the Sabbath, right? And what this does is it goes back. I mean, we, we, we know that this, this command is, is pointing us back to Genesis chapter two, verse two, where creation is taking place. And God modeled for us this concept of the Sabbath that says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. And he says, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, that rest day, and he made it holy. It was different. It wasn't like the other days. He worked on those other days. He rested on the seventh. So there was an important, there was an important idea about that seventh day. And I think, you know, if we take a little theological excursion about that, there's, you know, there's a big debate in Genesis as to whether or not, you know, and, and, and in the church, really in Christianity, as to whether or not those seven days are literal seven days, the, you know, seven days of creation, you know, the six days of work and the, and the one day of rest, were they actually literal 24-hour days? Here in Exodus chapter 20, um, it's, you know, verse 11 for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. I mean, it, it, and the way it's worded, it does seem to, to be based on a precedent, you know, and a pattern of, of, of being seven days. Um, I mean, we can, I, I mean, then you got, there's all kinds of scientific arguments, things like that. And, and there's a lot of question about the age of the earth and all that. I'm not going to get into that in today's because that's not what we're talking about. But, it, but what we know is God worked for six days, whatever those six days looked like. He worked for six days and he took the seventh day off as a day of rest from his labor, as a Sabbath, as a, as a day off. And, and that rhythm that God, so it's a, there's, a, there's a rhythm that God is establishing here for his people, right? God does everything for purpose. He has a purpose and there's a rhythm that he's establishing and we are to find our rhythms for living based on God's rhythms. That's the big idea, I think, of the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath and keeping it and to keep it holy. So what this leads us to now are a number of questions. And there's the questions that I, that I brought up initially at the beginning 
And so I'd like to deal with some of those first two questions that come up and then we'll um, some sort of unpack some issues and things like that. And we'll see how many things we get into because I, I want to get really practical and make some practical implications about this as well, about the Sabbath. And so one of the big questions is this, well, is, is the Sabbath to be Saturday or Sunday? It's always a big question, right? So maybe you've heard it, you had someone you know tell you, well, you know what the truth is, the Saturday is the Sabbath. So is, is it Saturday or is it Sunday? Well, if you, if, if you think about it this way, if you go to the Bible in Genesis chapter two, where we just quoted, it says God worked for six days and it says on the seventh day, he rested. So what was the seventh day? The seventh day was Saturday, right? It says in Exodus first tw chapter 20, where we're at today in the 10 commandments, work six days, rest on the seventh day. What is that day? That's Saturday. So for thousands of years, uh, God's people in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, they worked for six, for six days, worked for six days, and they rested on that seventh day. They worshiped their God on that Sabbath day, which was Saturday. What is today? Well, today's Sunday. So the question then comes to us, well, are we doing this right or wrong, right? That is, that, that's, that's often a question. Do, do Christians do this right or do we do it wrong? Are we getting the Sabbath wrong? Should we have Saturday church instead of Sunday church? You know, why, do, why do Christians have church on Sunday? And then if you have like you know, Jewish friends or Seventh-day Adventist you know, friends, they'll say, no, it's Saturday. It's always been Saturday. It should be Saturday. Sunday's wrong. Saturday's right. You know, you shouldn't be taking the Lord's Day on Sunday. It should be on Saturday because that's what it says in the Bible and the Ten Commandments. And they're going to tell you to turn to the Bible and you're going to open your Bible and you're going to read it. And you're going to say, huh, you know what? That's exactly what the Bible says. So are we wrong? Here's the thing. Everything changed when Jesus came. Not just with the Sabbath, but with everything. I mean, Jesus comes after thousands of years of God's people observing laws and rules and rituals, civil law, ceremonial law, you know, national law. They, they, they observed, you know, moral law. They observed all sorts of things, not just Sabbath, not just with the Sabbath, but with everything else, every other day. So Jesus comes thousands of years after God's people observing this Sabbath day on Saturday, all right? Now, also take note, when Jesus is, 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 is in his ministry, he also obeys the Sabbath, right? Now, he does not obey the religious rules that the, the Jewish leaders came up with about the Sabbath. That's a whole different thing. Um, you know, it, God's rule is very simple. Just rest on this day, right? Take a day off from doing your normal work. But they came up with a bunch of rules about what that looked like and didn't look like. And, it, and he gets into a lot of conflicts with people over those rules, those additional rules and burdens that they placed on top of, of God's very simple command. And so they come to him, for example, to rebuke him from, you know, what Jesus healed someone on the Sabbath, right? But he does obey the Sabbath. And then Jesus dies on the cross and he raises back to life. So Jesus dies in our place for our sins and rises again as our savior. And when he rises again, what day of the week did he raise? Sunday, three days after, I mean, three, I mean, Friday, Friday afternoon, so Friday to Saturday, Saturday to Sunday, on the third day, he rose on Sunday. 
So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so the, each of the four biographies that we have in our New Testament, tell the story of Jesus's life and his death and his resurrection. And they all say, and this is a quote, on the first day of the week, that's when he rose, on the first day of the week. So in the Jewish calendar, the first day of the week is Sunday. So it was like our Monday, right? I mean, it kind of feels like we turn the calendar over, you know, that on, on Monday and it begins a new week. Well, it begins a new work week, right? But on their calendar, Sunday was the first day. It was the day they went back to work after their day off on Saturday. In, you know, John in the book of Revelation calls this day the Lord's day. So it's, it's the day for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the early church, the New Testament church, as, as we see in the book of Acts, they started meeting not on Saturday, but on Sunday. That's when they began to meet after Jesus's death and resurrection. It says in Acts chapter 20, verse seven, that on the first day of the week, well, what was the first day of the week? For them and their culture, it was Sunday. In the Jewish calendar, it's Sunday. It says on the first day of the week when we, when we were gathered together. And so it talks about the church getting together on Sunday. And so for any of you that might be curious or questioning, you know, I mean, here's a great, I think this is great evidence for the resurrection of Jesus, for, for Jesus's death and resurrection, right? I think this is kind of compelling evidence that Jesus rose from death. God took Saturday off. God's people took Saturday off for a few thousand years. And then all of a sudden they started taking Sunday off. What, what, what made them take Sunday off? Cause and effect. Jesus rose from death on that first day of the week. So they completely reoriented their whole lives, their businesses, their entire week, their entire social structure. They altered the way they had governed themselves for a few thousand years around the resurrection of Jesus. You're not going to get that kind of massive change unless there is some kind of cause and effect, a cause that results in that effect. And that cause was Jesus died and rose, and he rose on Sunday. And so in doing so, in that act, the old covenant is fulfilled, and the new covenant has come. Everything that was, in, you know, that was anticipatory, everything that they anticipated and prepared for in the coming of Jesus was satisfied and fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus. And all of a sudden, the whole world has changed and everything is new and all things are made new and, in, and, and all things are in the process of becoming new through the resurrection of Jesus. And so what happens is we need a new day to celebrate and to represent the new reality that is brought to us into being by Jesus, by the resurrection of Jesus. And so all of a sudden, it shifts to Sunday for those early Christians. So, go back to the question. Is Saturday or Sunday the Sabbath? Well, for us, it's Sunday. That's the Lord's day. It's the first day of the week because we don't we don't just concern ourselves, I mean with, with I mean when we talk about worship, we're not just concerning ourselves with when we worship, but we concern ourselves with who we worship. And, and, we, and we worship Jesus. And so Sunday is the, best, is the day that we have chosen to follow along with the other believers in the New Testament scriptures based on the teaching we have in the Bible to be the day that we gather together, that we continue to gather together just as they did on the first day of the week. It, can, it continued that, 
you know, that way, um, even throughout the, uh, um, the, the Roman Empire before um, Emperor Constantine was converted to, to, to Christianity, they actually continued to celebrate the Sabbath day. So you had these two days of sort of being, you know, you had Jewish people celebrating Sabbath and Christians celebrating Sunday. And all of a sudden, Rome, you know, the Roman Emperor uh, Constantine became, he was, he was allegedly converted to Christianity. There's a little bit of debate about that point, I guess, but he was, he was the ruler of the Roman Empire. And so he made it a law. He made it, le- you know, Christianity um, was legalized around 300 AD or so, 320, 321, something like that. And he declared that Sunday was going to be the new day off. It was Saturday. And so he declared Sunday was going to be the new Sabbath day for this, the, the, the church, which was established in the Roman world. And so they shifted it in the Roman Empire from Saturday to Sunday, which the, the Jews you know, had adhered to the Saturday. And so then 1,400 years later, the United States of America comes into being, and we have this big debate, should we take Saturday off or Sunday off? You know, should we do it the same way as, you know, or what, which they couldn't decide? So what happens? We got both. You ever wonder? Why that? Why we have a two-day weekend? When when God says work for six days, but take one day of rest. You ever wonder why? Well, that's, that's 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 really how we got it. I mean, it, sometimes things just happen like that. <clears throat> Again, Exodus, the original writing of the Sabbath was written to slaves, former slaves. They they used to be slaves. They had just been freed, right? Jewish you know, slaves and in, in Hebrew slaves in Egypt. They probably never got a day off. <laughs> There's no way they got a day off when they were living in slavery. So for them, a day off was like, oh, really? A whole day? Like, what a gift from God. Yes, yes. He must really love us to give us this great gift of, of a day off. So in, in, you know, in most work settings, you know, people get one day off, but Americans tend to get two days off. So anyway, take that for what's worth. So this leads to one more question. One more question I want to I wanna, um, focus on here, and that is this. Is the Sabbath binding for Christians? Is this an, I mean, this is actually a debate, um, and I think for good reason, too. I mean, if you think about it, here's the debate. So there are 10 commandments. We're talking about 10 commandments here. There are 10 commandments. Nine of these commandments are mentioned expressly, I mean, explicitly and commanded in the New Testament as well. There's only one curious omission, and that's the fourth commandment, the Sabbath. So is it still binding or not binding? That's, that's sort of the question, right? And so what I would suggest is this. Based on, what we, based on what the New Testament says about observing certain days over other days, I would actually say this, that it is not binding on us as New Testament Christians in the same way it was binding on them who lived in the Old Testament, simply meaning that particular day. For example, and, and, I, and I, I'm not just, this is just my opinion. Romans chapter 14, verses five and six says this. Paul says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. There was actually an argument over which day should be their Sabbath. And Paul was addressing that. He was addressing how, look, we, we live under the grace of Christ. He's saying, look, if you want to be, if, if it's Saturday for you, that's fine. If it's Sunday for you, that's fine. I mean, how many of you, for your job, Friday is your day off? Okay, that's fine. I mean, I mean, really honestly, you know, for me, as you know, 
ask people who work in full-time ministry. Like I'm not a full-time pastor. This is something I, I, I do bivocational in a, in a sense. But I was in full-time ministry where it was my full-time job, which meant we, we did a lot of work on Sunday. I mean, it, it, we, we worked we worked six days a week on church stuff and prepare. And you know, I had I had obligations and duties on Sunday, which means I was not observing the Sabbath if the Sabbath was intended to be on that particular day. But here's what every I, I, I don't know it should I don't know if it's every, but it should be. You know, every full time ministry person is is told pick a day of the week to be your day off. And when you do that, turn your phone off. Go do something different. You're not to do any church work. It's to be your Sabbath. For me, for many years, while I was in full-time ministry, it was Friday. That was my day where I did nothing for the church. I did nothing that was normal to my six other days of working. And that is the spirit of this law, of what the Sabbath is. Some of you, if you take Thursdays off, some of you work, some of you, you know, you, you work those weird weeks where you have different days off. That's fine. I think what God is saying is it's more about who we worship than when we worship. In fact, you're, you're to be worshiping seven days a week, but you just have this one day where it's just, it's rest, it's recreation, it's leisure. And, and it's, it's, it's more important that you get a day than argue over which day it's supposed to be. That's just, that's really what I see in, in, in this when you consider both the Old Testament law and the New Testament scripture. And so I guess I want to close with, with this then, as, since I said that, because it leads to a bigger issue that I think Christians have a lot. And, I, and I, you know, I even recently had this conversation with a friend of mine, and that is this. How should we Christians, New Testament Christians, deal with the Old Testament law, right? And, and you know, the Ten Commandments are in which, which testament? They're in the Old Testament. They, they occur in the first five books of the Old Testament, which is the law. Jesus calls them the law because there are like, in those books combined, there are like 613 laws contained in them. So how many of you, if I were to ask you to raise your hand out there, think that Old Testament laws are no longer binding on us? We don't have to pay attention to them. Some of you may raise your hand. But then if I say, well, what about murder and stealing and committing adultery and things like that? I mean, and people, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 we should keep those. Sure, all right, right? So let's get rid of the, let's get rid of the Old Testament law, but let's actually keep a few of them, right? right? And, and so some people say, well, no, the Old Testament law is no longer binding on us. But then others say, well, yeah, it is. It is it's all binding on us. And then somebody immediately says, well, you, if you say it's all binding on us, then that means you can't eat shellfish. You can't wear certain shirts that have multiple kinds of fabric, things like that. And you're like, well, wow, I didn't actually read all of that. You know, I just kind of tapped out around Leviticus. But, you know, it's, it, it's, so it's confusing, right? It's, it's confusing and complicating for Christians because we know that the entire Bible, all of Scripture, is God's inspired word. So how do we treat the Old Testament when it comes to laws that don't seem like they should be binding on us, right? I mean, we want to obey the whole Bible. We want to obey the whole Bible. But we don't want to go to the Bible and say, well, that one's weird, and so it's gone, right? Well, that one's really weird, and so it's gone. But the question still remains, are there certain things that are applicable to us or not applicable to us? And, and here is how I would answer that. I think this is the best, best way, at least in my mind, to reconcile this. And that is this. It is all applicable to us. But here's how. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 
I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. This idea of fulfillment is really important. So the whole law, all of it, is fulfilled by Jesus. Something really radical happens with the law when it comes to Jesus. Listen, everything that we do as Christians hinges on Jesus. This is why Romans 10.4 says that Christ is the end of the law. So think of it this way. Paul uses an analogy um, in, in a letter to a group of people called the Galatians, and he says that the Old Testament law is, is like a school teacher, in, in a way. I'm going to modernize it here. And the whole point of school, the whole point of school is what? School teachers? Yes, to learn, to teach, to have teachers who teach you certain things so that you can graduate and move on to the rest of, with the rest of your life, right? Graduate. I know how to say that word. I just said it to be funny. So school's really good, right? School's important. But here's the, here's the thing. School's not forever. Like actual going to school is not forever, right? I mean, to, to, to think of it in this way, Paul uses the analogy of education. I graduated from high school. When I went to high school, well, I was there. Just so let, we had, and I'll use biblical language here, right? To, to, to keep, to keep both, both thoughts alive. In school, we had laws, right? We had laws. You had to show up at certain times. You had to be there so many days. You had to um, have so many hours in class. You had to get a certain grade point average, for example, if you wanted to play sports, if you wanted to graduate. Uh, and, and also you couldn't, you know, you couldn't smoke indoors. You couldn't kill, well, you're not supposed to. And <laughs> You couldn't kill anybody. You couldn't steal anything. You couldn't park in the teacher's parking lot, right? So all these rules, right? All these rules. And then at some point, I met all the graduation requirements. I fulfilled all the requirements needed for graduation, and I was free to move on. Most of those laws that were in place while I was in school were no longer binding to me, right? So when I graduate, I don't need to go to school tomorrow. I don't need to do algebra tomorrow. Yay. I don't need to take a test tomorrow. But some of the laws are still binding to me. I still can't kill anyone. I still can't pull in a fire alarm or smoke indoors and stuff like that, right? So all of the laws are fulfilled, yet some of them do still apply. So here's how it works for us. Jesus comes without sin. God becomes a man and he lives a perfect life in full, complete, total obedience to the entirety of the law. He goes to the cross and he substitutes himself and he suffers and dies in our place for our sins as our savior. And then he rises again on Sunday. And then Jesus gives to us who who believe in him by faith. We say, yes, we will accept this. He then gives to us his righteousness. So go back to my analogy about school. Jesus hands us his report card. Jesus gives us his transcript. And he says, when we stand before the Father, God, we don't come to God with our report card. We don't have to come to God with our transcript saying, God, I I met all the demands of the law. I've not sinned because we can't do that. None of us can do that. But here's what we do. We come to God saying, God, I bring to you Jesus' report card. 
I bring to you Jesus's transcript. He is my perfection. He is my righteousness. He has obeyed. Jesus has obeyed the entirety of the law, and he is my living, sovereign Lord, and he gives me the opportunity to enter. Now, there are some things he still tells me that I can't and shouldn't do, like murder people and commit adultery and steal and lie and cheat and all that kind of stuff, worship false gods. That's still binding. But it's all based on him. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I wish that I could see heads nod. Does it at least make sense to those few of you in, my, in our house, right? I think, I, I think, you know, the law was preparatory. The law was anticipating something else. And it was to show us, it was to show us our sin and our need for a savior so that when that savior did come, we would realize that we're really far apart from him, that, that we would never be able to do what he was able to do, and that is to, to meet all the demands of all of the law. And so with that being said, the Sabbath in, in that way is not totally binding on Christians because the Sabbath is fulfilled in Christ. Jesus actually says it this way, come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you, what does he say? Rest. I'll give you Sabbath. Your Sabbath is in Jesus. He says, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and in me you'll find rest for your soul. And so our rest today is in Jesus, and, and Jesus fulfills that law for us. We rest in Jesus. He is, our, he is our Savior. He is our Sabbath. And so I want to bring this to a close, and I, and, and I really kind of wanted to, to, to spend a little bit of time making it practical, um, but I, 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 I don't have a ton of time to do that. But I, I, I'll just say this, you know, when you think about the, the Sabbath in a practical sense, because I, I, I want to be careful not to make it practical because I don't want to give you like a list of rules to live by because that's what happened with the Pharisees as they said, this is, this is observing the Sabbath and this is not observing the Sabbath. And, and if you do this, you're observing it. And if you don't do this, then you're not observing. If you do this, you're not observing it, things like that. But I think it's just really, you know, it's really to think about it in a practical way. You know, one of the things that we do on the Sabbath is, is we, we stop our work to remember Jesus's work. I think that's one of the one of the simplest ways to think about it, right? When God, you know, you know the trick question, right? Are you saved by works or grace? <clears throat> Everybody wants to say saved by grace, right? But I, I told you it was going to be a trick question. We're saved by works, just not your own. We're saved by the work of Christ. You're saved, you're saved by the, the grace, the gift of grace that Christ gives you because of the work that he did. And so one of the whole purposes of Sabbath is to pause our work to make sure that we're remembering Jesus's work. I think that's one of the practical things. Another really practical thing about the Sabbath is just simply this. We get to connect with Jesus and his people. We get to connect with God's people on the Sabbath. The Sabbath forces us to take a day of our week and to pause our normal routine so that we can have time for other things that are really important, like Bible reading and prayer and listening to messages and, and fellowshipping with people or doing things like going out for a hike or just talking, you know, and playing guitar. If you don't play, you know, you know play, singing out loud, whatever it looks like to you to connect with the Lord, you know, where it just, it's different on this day. That's, that's what a, a Sabbath does. It's intended to remind you to, hey, look, at least take a day and do this. And I think another thing that it reminds us of is, is it, uh, 
reminds us of what rest is going to be like in heaven. I mean, the heaven is essentially eternal rest. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about heaven being an eternal Sabbath. And it doesn't mean that there won't be work in heaven. It just, mean, it just means that the work won't be cursed. And so it's just a lot easier. It's, it's, you know, work, work is cursed on this earth ever since Genesis chapter 3. But it's not there. And so, you, you know, if, if you, don't, you don't need a day off because, you know, the, those six days of work doesn't drive you nuts, right? You're not going to feel like you need a nap, uh, you know, in heaven. But right here and now, you, you need a nap. Sometimes you just need you just need to sleep in some days, right? And so I think that's a really practical thing. It helps us to understand. Okay, on this day, this is actually what work is going to feel like in heaven. It's going to feel like rest. And then I, I think a fourth practical thing is this. That again, I, I mentioned this. We mirror the rhythm of God. That God took six days to work, but that He also He rested from from that work. Um, I think another practical thing is that Sabbath does is it saves us from ourselves. There are a lot of people, and I'm one of those, I, and I think I'm probably married to one too, who would work seven days if God didn't tell us, take a day off, take a day to do something differently, right? And so what happens is when you, when, when you do get in a pattern of just constantly working and you never take a day off, that's a recipe for things like stress and, and, and you know, burnout and, and heart attacks and hospitalizations and poor immune systems and things like that. And here's something I really want to make sure I say. A very practical thing about the Sabbath is this. Have fun. Use that day to make memories. Listen, historically, well, not too far back. I mean, if you go way back in history, this isn't true because you see a lot of festivals and celebrations and fun. But like in recent history, religious people aren't fun. They're just, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, you know, that's just, but you know, you look at the Bible, Jesus shows up and these kids are all running around him and want to be with him. You know why? It's because he was fun. He got invited to parties and things like that. Jesus was someone, God's a father who loves his kids. And then Jesus shows up and all the religious people get really jealous because the people who want to hang out with Jesus, you know, are, are people that they would never hang out with and things like that. But listen, Part of the Sabbath is, is, you know, sometimes we're working, 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 and we just need to do a little playing. Just need to have some fun. God does ask you to take some time and waste it to do something fun. Just waste time. Sleep in a little bit. Sabbath is for fun. It's for play. It's for rest. It's for rejuvenation. It's for recharging of your batteries. It's for making memories with friends and family and things like that. And so... I think one way to think about this is um, is is this, and I'll just close with this, and then we'll we'll, we'll sing. I. I talk a lot about like, you know, time management, and I work with college students, and it's one of the things that it's it's really really big. Um, when you're dealing with, when you, when, you know, you go to college orientations, you get so many workshops and, and uh, sessions on time management because when all of a sudden you you know you're, when you're in high school, your your life is pretty well structured for you. You know, you live at home still and you, you, you get up a certain time, you got this classes that you go to, but college is completely different and you have to learn how to manage your time, um, you know, on your own. Well, all of us need to manage our time and be good at time management, but I think that a better way to think about this is energy management. Rick Warren, a pastor out in California, says that there are things that take a little bit of time, but a lot of energy. 
And there are things that take a long time, but don't take a lot of energy. You see, life is not just about time management, but it's about this idea of energy management. You know, we live in a day where a lot of people are like, hey, manage your time, manage your time, as I, as I just said. But I would say what is more difficult for people is learning how to manage your energy, right? Like if I told all of you today, hey, go out as soon as we're done here and run as far as you can. Some of you would make it to the end of the driveway, right? And it would be over. Others of you would make it a mile. Others of you would go five miles, 10 miles. Heck, some of you could probably run a marathon this afternoon, knowing some of you out there, uh, or even in here, maybe, I don't know, how far could you run this afternoon? Six, seven. <laughs> right, right, right. How much energy are you using, right? At some point, even if you could run 26 miles this afternoon, you're going to run out of energy, right? You can only go for so long and then you have to recover. You have to rest. What goes up must come down, right? And, and so it's like plugging, you know, the Sabbath is like replugging in your batteries, right? And, and, and making sure that you're staying plugged in, that you're staying re-energized. And that's really, I think, one of the reasons why God gave us this day, the Sabbath, to re-energize you. It should look different than your other days. And I really think that's the simplicity. I think that is as simple as we can get with it. And, um, and uh, if you have any questions about it, or if you want to hear more of all the practical stuff that I had prepared to, um, to talk about, uh, you know, in, in relation to, you know, what, what it might look like or might not look like, um, maybe what it would look like if you were um, uh, dishonoring the Sabbath. Uh, there are, th- there are th- ways, I think, that we, that we would dishonor this day. And, and hopefully, through the whole um, excursion that we took this morning, um, you have a pretty good idea and understanding of what it, what it is and what it looks like. Let's pray. And then after we pray, uh, we're going to sing another song. And, <clears throat> excuse me, during that song would be a great time if you have communion prepared at your house to take the, that communion. Um, Allie will put up on the screen again as we, as we get ready to close the, um, the way to connect through us through the text messaging um, system. Many of you are still, I mean, there, there are people who are still sending offerings through the mail um, or putting them, on, putting them on PayPal, and we really appreciate that for those of you that are committed to Oasis Church and, and, um, and want to support the ministry. We just want to say that we're really grateful that you guys have, uh, um, have stuck with us through um, what I, I, I think is a difficult time, um, you know, to not be together. And it's, it, it gets harder every week to not be able to see you and to hear your voices. And, uh, um, but we'll just, uh, we'll be patient and, and we'll, we'll see how God uh, brings us back together. Let's pray. Well, God, we thank you. Um, for this day. And I just want to say, God, that I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to teach the Bible um, with this church that we call Oasis Church. I love that part of my work. And I love I love all of my work. I love my job, God. And I, I'm thankful that I, that I get a chance to, to do that. And I, I pray for those who don't love their work today. Um, I pray that they would love you enough to work um, as an act of worship and that maybe their work would, would be seen much differently um, if they if they um, to saw if they saw those six days or five really um, or however many days that they are required to work for their job as an act of worship and then I pray that we would all see um, that that day that you have given us to rest is also worship and that when we go out this afternoon perhaps and have nothing planned or maybe we have something planned that's just different and that's also Sabbath I mean when you know maybe for some people you know. 
just thinking through it again, practically, you know, if, if, if a person works with their hands six days a week, then maybe Sabbath is that they, they just, they, they work with their, they don't, you know, they, they do something different. Like there's no handwork, but, but they work with their minds, right? They read a book or they, they, they go out, um, and they, 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 they listen to, to podcasts or they do something to, um, or they just do nothing. <laughs> they do nothing. Um, and maybe for someone who works with their mind for six days a week, maybe a Sabbath is working with their hands. And so for people who maybe felt guilty about doing work like yard work or landscaping on, on, a, on Sunday or the day that we'd consider to be the Sabbath, they don't need to feel guilty about that because they they find rejuvenation in in that. And um, I know that that is, is true for me, Lord. And I'm thankful to have those kinds of differences, those those holinesses to those days that are different. They're other. And so, God, as we respond to you right now and respond to your word, I pray that you would replenish us, that you would refresh us, that you would help us to find our rest in you. And for the rest of this day, God, we would find rest in whatever it is that we do or don't do today. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.